always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side. Welcome of to the life. Hopeless Show, episode 11. This one goes up to 11. Yeah, it does. It does. And I know we promised you guys we'd stop counting, but you know what? <laughs> it's just fun to list out just where we're at. Um, and I got to say, Aaron, in, in the 11 episodes, and we're going to spend the majority of the show talking about a specific topic, but 2020 has, I think, given, a, given us enough topics to be hopeless about to last a lifetime. And um, yeah, and things have only just gotten a lot harder and a lot tougher. So I'm looking forward to, to talking to that with you today. Yeah, me too. Um, and excuse my voice. I've been doing a lot of talking the last week and it just shot. But that uh, has nothing to do with the words that are coming out of my mouth. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to you too. The When we started this, we had no idea that the next two and a half months would be the really the craziest two and a half months of our lifetime. Uh, I'm speaking for myself, but I think you'd agree. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I could not agree more. And I don't think it's over. No, it's not over at all. I think just, well, because we're going to dive into the protests and what's going on. Just a couple of things from the quarantine that are, that are interesting, that are maybe a little little lighter. Right before this, we did a special episode with Jewel, Jewel Lloyd, WNBA champ, number one pick. We have a special episode on there, which is a really in-depth conversation that I think will bring people some hope at a time when there's not a lot of hope. So I just recommend everyone listen to it. Jewel's an amazing person, a beautiful soul. And when you hear the special episode, I think you'll feel a little hope that there's Leaders like that in our community uh, who are amazing people who who have gone through their struggles, who have risen, risen above and continue to want to inspire others. So I recommend you listen to that. It's the one right before this. And uh, Rowan, I don't think I told you about um, what seems like an eternity ago, but I believe it was last Thursday. I, Thursday or Friday, I was at my folks' house and I was going to drive home. And this is when the the protests in LA were starting, really the first night. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I, my mom said, Aaron, whatever you do, don't do your night crawling thing because she knows me and knows I want to go and see and be a part of what's going on, especially when it's things I, I believe in. And I looked at my mom and said, but please. And then she said, but Aaron, none of the night crawling. And then I I said, okay. And I promised my mom I'd go home. I still took kind of the long way to see a little bit, but I didn't go into it. I also didn't tell my mom what I'd learned about what night crawling is. Because I think of it as the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. What I learned when I posted something on my Twitter about night crawling. I think I talked about this before is it's actually uh, a gay term for for men searching for men at night when they crawl, uh, you know, when they go around the, the neighborhood to try to find other men to maybe hook up with. 
And so the reason I found this out is I put up a post about nightcrawling and the co-founder of Grindr, which is the gay uh, dating app, started following me and messaged me. <laughs> and uh, that's how I learned what it is. <laughs> so uh, to him, I forget his name. I think it's Jonathan. You know, I don't actually, I'm not, a, I'm not gay, but I appreciate your interest in me. And thank you for educating me on what night crawling also is. Uh, so I guess that's a, a light way to make fun of myself before we get into topic one, which is really topic everything. Yeah. And you might also want to, um, stop calling yourself a leather daddy whenever you wear <laughs> your, your nice, you know, calfskin boots. So, okay. I'll stop. Uh, Fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wearing them now, so I guess I won't post a picture. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I, I think today is not a good day to share anything. Um, I also like but, to always say, instead of just saying, I'm going to sh- go to the top, I'm going to like go to the top of the mountain. I just like to call myself a top. So should I stop that? <laughs> no, never, <laughs> never. Um, All right. But yeah, Aaron, you were starting to transition us. Let's get to the enormous elephant in the tiny room. Yeah. And that is the protests over the death of George Floyd and other unarmed black Americans um, that have started to resonate not only in Minnesota, but across the entire globe. Um, And to be honest, I personally think that this is to me a bigger story than coronavirus. This is something that, you know, I think what a lot of people thought would happen during the coronavirus was we would see a lot of pain and suffering. And while we have seen death, I don't think we've seen anything close to the level of pain and suffering that we are seeing on the streets right now as you look out the window. I don't at all. I also think they're not not related. Um, I think it's a, it's a mesh of so many things happening at once. And except for a few people, I don't think anyone's wrong. <clears throat> I think most people are right in different ways. But it's a it's a big compound of all these things. Unemployment is at an all time high, right? Because of the coronavirus, people are sick. Our country's response to the coronavirus was terrible. We uh, made it political versus looking out for the health of individuals. We defunded things that shouldn't have been defunded for the better health of society. So then this happens. People are unemployed. People are angry. People are upset with the state of the country. People are upset with our leadership. And so this is a reason. This is a reason now to to demand change. What do you think? It's I mean, I think change is being demanded and change has been getting demanded for a long time. Um, And, you know, I think that our nation spent 400 years with slavery and really, since we've only had civil rights since the 60s. Yeah. And we're still early on in a potentially impossible journey towards equality. And I think that, you know, there was there. I've seen some really, really interesting takes. And, you know, and I, I was a, a big supporter of. Colin Kaepernick and what he was trying to do to draw awareness to this exact issue, yeah. you know, and 
it, what happened was he was leading a peaceful protest. He was kneeling in front of a large public audience, but he was lead, leading a, a peaceful protest, and that protest was too much. It was too much for a lot of America. Yep. They said that's not the right way to protest. And after a while, when that peaceful protest stops working, you have to find other ways to get to get to get people to notice. And it hurts to to see all this pain, but you know, unless some unless people understand or feel some of that pain themselves or feel that there is something happening, they're not going to change anything. Nope. Like you're not you're not unless you you know feel uh, you know, the knife that's been jabbed into you, um, you're not going to pull it out. You know, you just get on. And, and, and I think this is, this has been a, a, a devastating call to arms. Um, but it's, it's, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. Yeah. And it might've taken this pandemic and this situation and the divide between the, the rich and the poor to get worse than ever for this to happen. And for people to be quarantined and stuck in their homes and fighting for their their lives and their families' well-being. And I mean, all the things that our country, because you said the 400 years and then there's the last four years where I think we've really just slid into a a place that's where the repressed are being more repressed. And yeah, and I and and I don't think there's a lot of people there are a few people being wrong and a lot of people being right in their own way. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think one of the the important things, and I think that this is something that it's it's kind of hard to put into words, but I think that there's a lot of uh, th- topics that might be getting conflated with the Black Lives Matter protest. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of seeing it in the form of you know, there's a lot of videos floating around the internet of the vandalism and looting and and a lot of these videos, the people that are doing the damage are not black. They seem to me like middle class white Americans in their twenties whose parents probably aren't you know, are still together, you know, and and I'm kind of like and I was just I've been like, you know, just going down the rabbit hole with these videos and reading the comments and and what I'm taking away and actually what I'm feeling is like is there's some people that are joining I think the most people are joining this movement because they they're tired of seeing their American brothers and sisters be killed in the streets just for the color of their skin and being treated differently for the color of their skin but then you have people that I think haven't earned or have never been discriminated against like that they haven't faced the hardships just that are born and and just bred into our society and they're the ones that are smashing windows and while you have black protesters that are saying stop it like literally that 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 there there's so many things out there it's it almost feels like people are co-opting this movement about racial prejudice and violence into something that is, uh, you know, an income thing. And, you know, I was reading some of the comments and some people were like, oh, it's a, it's, it, this isn't just a black thing. It's a class warfare thing. No, it's not. I really think it's not because you have black Americans, rich and poor, that are getting pulled over, that are getting profiled, that are getting harmed without due cause, without any reason. And I think the income thing is a separate issue. 
and maybe it's just me, but I think, I, I don't know. It's, it's almost like there, there's a lot of ways to approach it. Yeah. There's one thing to show support and there's another thing to be the ones instigating. And cause as I said, I think there's like what you're saying, a lot of people are right here. I think the protesting is right and it needs to continue and it will continue. It's not going to stop this time. No one's going to stop it. They're not going to end it. And 99% of the protesters are doing it for the right reasons. I also understand to a degree that some of the, the graffiti and the vandalism is a way to say like, look, we've tried protesting. We've tried doing all this and you're, no one's done anything. I mean, the, the, the quote unquote president of the United States ignores the whole thing. So like, uh, I'll give an example, a, uh, a black business owner who's directly across from where I live. He did a video that was very moving. He said, my store was vandalized. All the stuff was taken. And if that's what it takes for people to notice and actually change to happen, I'm fine with it. And that's a business owner, a small business owner who said that. So wanting change is okay. And and then cops. And then the last thing, cops. Most cops are good people. I have friends who are cops. They're good people. My uncle was a cop. There's there's some bad seeds within a mostly good pile of people. The overarching problem is what needs to change. The outlook, the entire progress of our country that I believe has gone backwards the last four years needs to continue to go forward. And the only way that can happen is with real change. The rest of America... They weren't upset at the 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 killings that were just happening in the streets. And they got upset when their stores got destroyed. And I think that is that that's the part that it's like, oh my God, that's what's setting you off. Yeah. Is stores not killing of your fellow citizens. And that I think is is the perfect way to send a message, and I've seen you know I I, I think I've I, I saw the Instagram videos of the shop owner you're talking about, and you're seeing that echoed a lot of other places, and you know it's it, it's it's you know for me it's kind of like I'm glad that they're saying these things, I'm glad that they're putting this video out there, and I for myself I actually I have been kind of speechless, I I haven't known what to say online, and and it's it's like usually I I'm never short for words. <laughs> um, and, you know, I've been like, you know, I'm seeing like, you know, silence is violence. And I, I agree with that to a degree, but I, all I've been able to do, I haven't shared anything on Instagram. I haven't tweeted. The only thing I've been doing is just sharing tweets from black Twitter and like retweeting them without even adding my own copy. And I, I think that I don't know what else to say. And maybe my silence has gone heard. I mean, you know, I put up the black square today. Today's blackout Tuesday. And I think everybody did that. And I think it's good. Um, well, can I, can I contradict that slightly? Yeah. Um, so I've been out, like I went to the protest on Saturday by at Pan Pacific park. And then I went out afterwards because my area got destroyed and damaged everywhere. All the stores are boarded up now. 
And I, ever since uh, the, the, what Trump did, and again, we're, we're not political here. We're about logic. It's not Democrats, not Republican. It's logic. And what, what he's been doing is completely illogical. And he did a few things last week about who he was blaming and not giving credit to the people in Minnesota and to the Floyd family and just being silent and stuff that was just illogical to me. <clears throat> and then this, so the black square thing first, and I, I can talk a little about more about what, what I saw and I guess my approach. I don't know if it's good or bad. The black square thing today, which is fine. I think I'm, and for people that are listening, essentially people are posting just black, just straight up black images on their social networks, especially Instagram, to signify that, you know, it, like they're kind of blacking it out. There should be no other topic it, right now except the pain of blackness in America. And so while I guess the intentions are okay, I really think that that's make, I've seen a lot of people who otherwise don't ever talk about this subject, care about it or anything. I feel like there's a little self-righteousness when people have been putting it up. Like, look, now I'm doing my part because I'm sitting in my my privilege and now I put up a white a black square so I'm okay. So I'm I'm just going to read you what I wrote cuz I did the black square thing too because we did it, but then I wrote go vote cuz what people forget is today is also primaries in a lot of places. And so I wrote, go vote in all primary states. Take action and vote. A trending black square is fine. Now do something. Or if you haven't yet, start now. And that's what I think has happened a lot with these protests is a lot of people stand by the wayside. They do something like that. And then they think they've done their part. And a black square isn't going to change shit. And... That's not really solidarity. What I saw in Pan Pacific Park when I went there was beautiful. It was people peacefully coming together, protesting, handing out bottles of water to people, giving food out, like free, just we're glad we're all here. Uh, that moved me. And and then the next day, because that night my area got destroyed, the next day we went out and cleaned the neighborhood and it wasn't to be, look at what we're doing. It was to show, look at what we as a community are doing. And nobody, I didn't hear one person mad about what happened. They were just doing their due diligence and respecting that this is sort of what had to happen to get people to listen. And unfortunately, what's continued to happen, like yesterday, all this happened and the quote-unquote president, because at this point, I really personally don't care. Uh, he's not Republican or Democrat. He's just a absolute, to me... Megalomaniac. Yeah, megalomaniac and an evil man. And if you don't agree with that, don't listen to this show. Uh, because he is hopeless. He is the definition of hopelessness. When during this, he's tweeting out that they're lying about his poll numbers. and They're actually really great. That's not leadership. I was saying anyone who never takes responsibility or always has to be right 
we know they're a liar and we know they're usually wrong. Every one of us is wrong sometimes. Every one of us says things that are wrong sometimes. So for someone to always have to be right and to always blame others, we know they're just incredibly evil and sociopath. And so what I liked is that people were cleaning up. They weren't mad. They were saying, look, we are all doing this and we're part of the cleanup. I've never cleaned. Uh, I even was with, I was cleaning a, a school, a Jewish school that got vandalized. And none of the Jews I was with as a fellow Jew said anything about being mad. Because guess what? Jews have been persecuted during these last four years too. Uh, been persecuted forever. And these last four years worse than ever. So I get it. And I'm not it. I'm not black. But I also see what have seen what persecution, what being called all kinds of names is like. So that's one thought. I don't know what you think, but. Uh, here's what I think. I think, you know, uh, as a brown man and a Jewish man, two people holding this podcast, neither of us are black and neither of us can truly ever, ever claim to, to, uh, uh, to understand the experience, no. the black experience in America. I don't think we're trying to say that. But here is what I am taking away from the corny blackout Tuesday that I think, yes, it's, it's, it's low effort, but I think what is uplifting to me is I'm seeing people that I've known for a long time that don't ever get political or they don't ever post anything except their, their kids, baby pictures (laughs) on Instagram. They are posting black squares today. That means they have heard Right. And that means the rest of America has heard. And I think if anything, it's it's saying, if anything, okay, I'm hearing you. And I think that is the first step. Heck, even, you know, I am also I'm friends with actually more police officers than I think a lot of people are. I mean, it's it's where I'm from. I have, uh, you know, I grew up with them and, you know, went to college with them. And one of them, my friend Adam, he never posts anything. And, you know, he's, he's a he's a trooper. He's a state trooper. He posted a, uh, you know, a Black Lives Matter, Black Square. Didn't use the hashtag because, you know, he doesn't want to take away from the aggregation of, of you know, of that hashtag. Um, and so that means there's everyone is hearing. And I think that is the first step. It's not like you're doing much to change the world. But the fact that you're hearing is the first step. Yeah. And that's if this can lead to more steps then I think it's good. Uh, I also don't think blacking out the day and silencing, being silent almost made me think, wait, is there a conspiracy so people don't go vote because everyone's being silent instead? Because they think if they say anything on social media about voting, then they'll be in trouble. So that's where I was like, whoa, is this... But what you're saying makes me feel hopeful that at least it's a step for people. And now also, all right, you've done that. Continue to voice your thoughts. Continue to say that you won't put up with this, that you stand with your brothers and sisters who are being uh, persecuted and and that you won't stand for anything except change. Yeah, it's, it's this could be one of the most important moments of our lifetime. Yeah. Right now. And. Aaron, you and I were you and I were kids during the '92 riots in LA. I don't. Remember I lived in New Jersey. It. I don't remember time. it much. Yeah, and it's like as kids, like we were like 10 years old, 11 years old, whatever it is. It's not like 
we had truly an understanding of what was happening. I remember knowing that they were happening. I remember seeing the things on TV, but I never understood. And I think this, this moment in our lives for everyone that is in their, you know, their thirties, their forties, their, their late twenties that remembers just at least hearing about what was happening. Now they're experiencing it. We've seen it twice in our lifetime where the, the world has erupted. Um, and I think that especially in the midst of what's happening right now, maybe this will be the last time. Maybe this is, this is at least for our lifetime. Maybe this, this is a wake up call, but I still think, you know, we're, we're in the second inning of all this right now. Um, it's just getting started. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think the, the second inning started, uh, last night because, of what happened, which really offended me <clears throat> as a guy who's Jewish, who's uh, proud of my Judaism, and also my grandfather, who was all about interfaith, and to see what what uh, the inhumane actions that, again, the quote-unquote president, because this is what really made me just not care anymore. What happened last night in D.C. was was disgusting. There was a peaceful protest going on. For those who don't know, uh, Donald Trump gave a speech that didn't really acknowledge anything that was going on. What he did say is he kept promoting the Second Amendment and guns. He didn't acknowledge really anything. And then he had the Secret Service and the armed guards go to the protest and shoot them with rubber bullets and throw tear gas at them and hurt them after saying he's all for peaceful protesting. He literally then went and had them hurt people so that he could take a picture in front of a church that had been vandalized that the pastors at the church said they were offended by because he's never even gone there. He went like once and he did it so he could take a selfie, so he could take a picture so that the alt-right media could show look at Look at what Trump's doing with, he held up a Bible in front of this church. And to me, that was just disgusting behavior. And if that leads us into the second inning to show that it starts from the top, right? We have shown as us, as people, we are going to keep doing this. And then if the top is going to act like that and show just to me, a lack of humanity, the more awareness we have that that's what our leadership is, the more people are going to demand change. Yeah, and I got to say, not since President Andrew Jackson has there been a person in that office that has been so opposite of biblical. Yeah. Like, like yeah, and it's, and it's been 100 years to, to really hit the Andrew Jackson level, and it's sad that our country has another president that has almost the same mentality as that monster. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not that different and I, I wonder if the third inning and the fourth inning are going to show more of that because saying you know loot and we will shoot everything from the uh there's good people this was more of a, a jewish thing but there's both good people on both sides in charlottesville to me there were no good people there's no good people marching to honor a uh a confederate statue that's a force pro-slavery it's representing pro-slavery 
and marching with neo-Nazis. There's not good people if you're marching with neo-Nazis. None. So I've read the whole transcript. It's garble when he tried to backtrack. So everything from that to loot and shoot to how he said, send the dogs at the protesters. These are all like, they're, they're civil war era rhetoric. And we can't stand for that. And so if that takes us from the second inning to the third inning, and we have nine innings to go, I don't know what those will look like. I'm curious what you think. But I know at least to get to a win, to get to to get to a better place, to win a game, you have to get through nine innings and win. And if yep. these actions are getting us a little closer, then there's hope in that. I mean, and here's the hard part, man. It's like even with all of his actions, the dude has been proven to be untouchable. And I think my biggest hopeless thing is that there's not a candidate on the planet. I feel hopeless. There's not one candidate that can beat him in an election. And it's maybe maybe the tides will turn with what's happening right now in every city across the United States. Maybe. But right now it feels very much like where it's little eager like going up against Roger Clemens. Like it's, I don't know how we beat this guy. So, and that it's, that's my hopeless part, man. So I'll give you hope on that. I believe unless there is cheating or some other unforeseen thing that happens, military action where literally we can't vote. uh, He won't win the vote. If it's done like a vote should be done, like it's been done forever. He won't win. I do not believe after this there's any chance he can actually win the vote. Now, can he cheat? Can he lie? Can he steal the election? Anything's possible. And then this country might burn. So my hope is that he will just lose. Or, as we've seen in the last four years, three and a half years, anything that we thought would happen hasn't. It's been something else crazy. So these next four or five months, what's going to happen next? Because a lot of uh, a big, big right-wing supporters are saying, like, he needs to resign. Things like that. Like George Will, if you know him, a uh, big right-wing, very smart guy who is very Republican. Very right wing. He's a cons- he's a conservative. I wouldn't call him right wing. He's a, he is, has conservative conservative beliefs. beliefs he's not, and he is saying yeah, he's not, I wouldn't call him Trump right-wing. needs to resign. And I've never seen him not support a uh, the Republican candidate. If people like it's, him come out and say enough is enough, we don't know what'll happen. And that's where I see I hope. Think, and I th- and I think I I like I said I've had that stance since. Probably the the hit the day he took office that nothing this guy could do is going to bring him down, and I think maybe maybe what's happening after the death of George Floyd, and as people have taken to the streets to just voice that there needs to be change, maybe this is the only glimmer of hope that I feel that maybe we could beat him. I just. I just don't feel that hope yet, but maybe we'll get there. We'll get there. I can't gong that one, but I do feel a little bit. Yeah. And I don't, you know what? I I don't think today a hope gong is the right move. 
Uh, I know we do it usually. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a time to reflect and talk about what's going on. But to say, you know, we the show is designed to bring hope to all things hopeless. This is a topic that until there is change, until there is legit change, until that man is out of office and until someone can actually invoke real change and not ignore the topic completely, uh, it's it's not going to start. What what I did see driving here today, going through Hollywood, made me feel hope because of the whole concept of we the people. There were thousands of people, Rohit, on the streets in Hollywood, walking from where I live all the way to where I work, all walking to congregate in Hollywood. Thousands of people, peaceful, walking to make another stand against this. And then there was a lot of military and National Guard, which is really weird to see on the streets, and a lot of closed up buildings. The facts of the matter are, the pandemic isn't going away. Jobs are not coming back. If anything, there's going to be less and less of them because stores aren't open. So people have nothing to do but fight this and to say, we are not going to stop. And if the people don't stop, and today they're not stopping, what I saw was thousands upon thousands of people walking from their homes with signs to say enough is enough. It's happening right now. I hear sirens right outside. Uh, If it's not going to stop this time, because every time it's stopped with, as you said, with Kaepernick, it ends up stopping. This time it's not going to stop. People are going to vote more than ever because if it doesn't, if Trump gets reelected, if the military gets called and starts shooting people, the American experiment, this experiment that's been, what, three to 400 years? Or maybe, le- I forget the math, what it is. Maybe it's less. My grandfather didn't come from Nazi Germany to this country to see it fail. He came to lead and see it succeed and see it grow and see it progress. I don't know. what what What's your thought on that? I think the American dream has always been achievable for some and for others, they have to work a lot harder and overcome a lot more to get there. And until those barriers are removed, not only by law, but by mindset, until we have proper training and screening for police officers, um, you know, I think there's this whole Chris Rock bit where, you know, if there's a you know, an unjudicious killing of a black man. They say, hey, listen, it's not all police officers. It, it, you know, it's just one bad apple. Um, but the way he compared it to, you know, he's like, oh, it's just like, you can't say that after you're an airline. Oh, yeah, you know, some of our pilots just, just you know, the, sometimes they just crash into mountains. But don't worry, it's just some of them. Like, there has to be a level of excellence. And I think that there, it, it's, I don't believe in the all cops are bastards. No mentality i do not you know i live next to you know i live in a 95 percent black neighborhood and i live next to a retired officer named michael kindest most amazing human ever and like i said i have friends at home that are that have listened that have heard and like it's it's you, you can't group anybody as all bad all good but you can say as a whole you need to change how you guys do business you need to change how you approach training. You need to change a lot of things before 
anything becomes close to being okay. And I think that we're starting to at least hopefully see some of those results, whether it's, you know, you see some of these police captains going out, you know, marching with protesters, hugging them, you know, like dropping their batons. I think we're seeing moments of solidarity. Those moments need to become regularities. And and that's where I'm at right and, now. And what you just said is is so true. And I think it goes far beyond the police. This goes to just a national mindset uh, where where we are. Is it a place where, you know, there's there's incidents that have happened? I mean, yesterday, another guy, David McCaddy, got murdered in Louisville, and he was just a good small business owner. Unarmed, got murdered by the National Guard or the police. I don't know which. Um, but there's a mindset that needs to change. And I'll, I'm going to tell you a story of, from a friend from, uh, two, I think, yesterday. It's a good friend of mine lives very close to me and uh actually i went over there one one uh the the night i couldn't get back to my area because it was closed because of all the looting they wouldn't let us so I, I hung out there for a while until i could come back and then i saw my area that i'd peacefully protested in had now been decimated uh he went out to walk his dog not going to give his name because for obvious reasons he went out to walk his dog he walks around a nice he lives in a nice area he sees a guy with a gun not in his pocket but just flaunting it just out and at first he thought wait is that a cop and then he looked the guy up and down and my friend is a mixed racial guy of mixed race and uh, he saw the guy and then he looked him up and down and saw what he was doing. And the guy was bullying a black woman who was cleaning her store from the looting. And then the guy started bullying a homeless man who was reading a book, black man. And then he looked at my friend and my friend then got a good glimpse of him. And what, what was he? He was, he wore those big boots. He had a goatee. He was white. And he huffed his chest at my friend like, like he was better than him. And the cops apparently said kind of came by, saw the guy and circled him a little bit. And my friend wanted to go at him, but he saw the gun out there and he went home. And I'm glad the cops stopped whatever the guy was doing. I'm also sad that the cops didn't go and arrest the guy. And... Mm -hmm kind of a conflicting thing here. I'm glad they stopped him. I also don't understand why this guy was allowed to do what he did. As my friend said, to use the term, this is a quote, he was an obvious quote-unquote redneck. He was a guy probably not from here who just wanted to cause havoc and wanted to be a bully because he's white. And until that type of person doesn't feel entitled that he is better than any other person, we're going to be stuck in this place. And that's where the mentality has to change, in my opinion. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, and I think we can wrap up this topic for the show, but it's going to be ongoing. And, um, you know, look forward to hopefully having, you know, some, some changes to talk about on our next episode. 
But um, but yeah, Aaron, uh, you ready to move on to our uh, to our next segment? Yeah, I think if, if we haven't brought a hope gong to this this week, at the very least, I I want us to keep bringing attention to the things that are on our minds for the simple goal of having you as listeners submit, tell us what's on your mind, and maybe it brings something for you to think about. So with that, let's bring a little fun to the end of it. I uh, I know we. Uh, we do hopeless TV things we've been watching. Do you want to uh, talk about that? Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, sometimes we, we need an escape at least for a moment just to let our brains rest before we get back into the world, trying to do whatever we're trying to do. Um, but I think that this is a segment where we can come together <laughs> and try and find some hope in what's happening on television in terms of scripted TV. Um, and I would like to provide an update, Aaron, from an early episode that goes back. Oh, I don't know. Maybe episode four or five. It goes back. Um, it goes back weeks and weeks, weeks ago. And I would like to report after watching, I think five or six episodes, the season three of killing Eve is still God awful. And it's, I haven't given up yet just because I, I, I think I just need to, I'm a completionist, you know, <laughs> when I'm playing, when I'm playing Mario brothers, I'm breaking every box, you know, I'm breaking every brick. Uh, when I'm in Zelda, I'm going to every room trying to hit every corner. I, it's, I, a completionist. I'm going to finish this, uh, this utter train wreck of a show <laughs> that I don't know what happened with this new writer, why they hate us so much. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, this entire season is written like an SNL skit with one of the really bad writers and Not, what's her name? Nicole Michigan. What's the person's name who started the show? I don't know any SNL people. No, no, the like person Andy who started Stanford. killing Eve. She also did. Oh, 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 oh. So Phoebe Waller, Phoebe Waller bridge. Uh-huh. We didn't get her name right before. It's Phoebe Waller bridge. Yes. Yes. Cause then I, you could have ended a season two and been like, that was a great show. Okay. Maybe and I'll do that. I, I had to do that with, yeah. uh, another, sh- uh, what was it called? Sneaky Pete, which I really liked, but then they canceled it. And I enjoyed the shows with uh, other people. I'm forgetting their names, but it was a good show. And then they canceled it. So with that, I'm going to give you some hope with my hopeless experience. Uh, I was on Netflix, I think. And I saw there was a special by a guy named Ben Platt. I've seen this guy's name a lot, but I didn't really know who he was. And I was very curious. Who is this Ben Platt? He's getting a lot of, he's getting a lot of airtime. So I put on his special, which is live at Radio City Music Hall. So obviously it was done before the quarantine. And I start watching it. And the guy's a good voice. He's singing. He's telling a few stories. He talks about a little bit about how he's, how he came out of the closet. And then I go on my phone to read more about him as he's talking and I'm getting sucked in. So I'm talking, I'm five to seven minutes into this hour and a half special. What it did do is it led to two bits of hopeless TV that were actually hope. I then switched the channel and I put on the wedding singer and it made me realize just how damn good Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore were together and how great that movie was and how much better that is than this special uh, uh, Ben Platt. For everyone who likes Ben Platt, I'm sorry, I don't. 
Uh, then I, I watched The Wedding Singer for like 15 minutes. This was like at the beginning of all this stuff. And so then I thought, you know what? This is a little too happy. And I know every line of this movie. I forgot I did. So I'm going to watch a movie that I've actually never watched before. Django Unchained, the Jamie Foxx movie, Quentin Tarantino, where it's basically the great film. The, the slaves getting revenge on the awful white racist owners. This was right. This was a few days after George Floyd was murdered. I watched the whole movie and man, that movie gave me hope after feeling really hopeless in a night of TV. And so if anyone hasn't seen Django, that's what you should watch right now. And that's in a weird way, sort of what should have happened then. And maybe is what's going to be the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth innings of what's happening right now in our country. Watch Django Unchained. It's an amazing movie and it does give you hope at the, I was literally cheering during the movie. I was watching by myself and I was like, yeah, you go Django. Come on, do it. Kill those guys. <laughs> and no one was lit. I was cheering to nobody, but yeah. So that's my hopeless to hopeful TV. Do you feel hope now and that I mean, plethora of stuff? Yeah, it was a lot of things, but I got to say the one thing I feel hopeful about is yes, there is, there's, there's really relevant films you can watch right now, you know, uh, you know, that are with black cast, black directors and, uh, Apple TV actually is, um, showcasing some of them right now. Oh, they now, are cool. Uh, on their platform. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, you know, great directors like Ava DuVernay and, you know, and people like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good to see that, that at least there is something we can watch to, uh, to still relate while we chill. And I think you have one more. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just really quick back to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, she, uh, I guess, uh, wrote and produced uh, a show called Run on HBO, which is about two old college, I guess, boyfriend, girlfriend. 15 years later, um, they uh, text each other, uh, each the word run. And that means then they meet up and they kind of like escape their lives and uh, flee away together. Um, watched it. I think it was, uh, it was, it definitely gave me some hope that the uh that that a phoebe production uh has not gone off the rails but um yeah i would say it's worth watching and i'm not going to spoil anything yet but um maybe yeah maybe, maybe just don't watch the last episode and then then you'll be all right, <laughs> all right so that's yeah. so that's what i should do for that show um, yes. So let's jump really to a really quick topic three. I know we're running a little long today. Um, so this topic three is something that is to me, you know, I'm an animal lover. Yep. Um, and there, there was a, a, um, some news out of Alaska that, uh, the president has, um, reversed an Obama era regulation that banned, hunters from shooting bears wolves and their cubs and pups while they are in their dens so obama passes legislation saying listen you can't shoot an animal while it's hibernating or while it is hiding and just securely in its den you can't shoot all its babies and now they flip they've reversed that um they're saying you can do all that you can draw them out with sound and light wake them up you they're saying you can even shoot caribou from your boat as a caribou's fleeing from you 
Like, it's just, it's become open season on wildlife. And uh, this is, uh, you know, I think that the state of Alaska, you know, they feel that this is a state issue. Many of the hunters are super happy. Um, And there's even some tribal leaders that say that the Obama regulations were done without consulting them. And this is going back to a more way that they always used to do it. I don't know. For me, this feels like needless cruelty. And uh, I'm not a hunter. I don't live in Alaska. But watching just how we've been exterminating millions of farm animals, how we are just murdering these animals in their land and their territory while they are helplessly hibernating and, you know, and taking their long rests in their dens. Like we are going in to kill them. It, 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 this is something that, man, I, I don't know where the hell we go from here. Help me. Yeah. I'll give you hope here. I know about this simply because I've talked about this band before on the on the show, Portugal, the man, they're from Alaska. I know the guys and they post stuff about mainly native American rights and, and this type of stuff. And they're the biggest band ever from Alaska. So they have a big, you know, uh, voice in Alaska. And they have been talking about what you're talking about on social media a ton. And they do concerts and activism for these types of topics. And I believe it won't stand because the people aren't going to let it stand. Because uh, the people who have voices in Alaska, which is the least populated state in our country, are standing against this topic. And I think, again, just like it's happening around the country with this issue, I believe uh, Trump's idiocy won't hold up. Well, if he wins again and Alaska stays red, I don't. No, I mean, it is a red state, and I guess they, they there was some legislation that was passed, you know, but that was passed on the, the executive, from the executive branch, not at a state level, about banning this type of hunting. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it takes the, the biggest band out of Alaska to get people to care a bit. Um, but as the drilling continues and the hunting continues and the murder of our own citizens continue, you know, it just it just feels dark for all the species that are on this land. But yeah, you're right. I, th- I yeah. think it helps to, to know that, you know, there are artists out there that do care enough to, you know, to keep people's, you know, awareness up. So thank you. Um, and everyone should follow them too. If you don't follow their Instagram, cause they're so socially active for things that matter. And the stuff they put up is really cool. They happen to put up something I put up this yesterday or two days ago. So Obvious, I'm a little biased, but uh, they're good people and they really stand for things. So follow Portugal the Man. If you, even if you don't listen to their music, follow their social. Uh, so now a light topic. Just really quick that I'm going to say that's going to take two seconds. Fraggle Rock, the TV show I loved watching the reruns as a kid, is coming back to HBO. And... Give me hope because I really just don't want HBO to screw it up because I really am excited for the show. I mean, have you ever wanted to see one of the characters from Fraggle Rock get shivved while he's doing ketamine? (laughs) Because I have. And hopefully HBO brings the HBO treatment to that. So I'm feeling good. 
So here's a uh, here's the thing. Did if you you might not know, uh, Fraggle Rock is the only Henson show that started on HBO. It was like it was the original or one of the original original HBO shows. I didn't know that. So you're saying HBO didn't screw it up the first time. Now they'll make it even better. Yeah, yeah. I just think that you need. I just can't wait to see the first episode and just have the the little letters that pop up on the opening slate before the show starts, like A L V N for like adult language, nudity, <laughs> violence. Then ask for sexuality. Yeah, I want all that shit. You I'm want at, fraggle sex? Yeah. Fraggle sex for Rohit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I feel hope. good. That'd yeah, awesome. it's gonna get real. Yeah. This is yeah. Um, maybe the maybe the log line is. What happens when Fraggle gets real? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, or, I'm going to watch anyway, or, but I'd or watch. What happens when Fraggle Rock rolls? <laughs> what happens when Fraggle gets rock hard? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. You just wrote it. All right. I wrote it. I could write for that show. Ship it. Uh, so should we... Uh, We'll quickly do Hope in 60 Seconds in this one submission and call it a show. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, the best part about Hope in 60 Seconds, it is quick. Um, And so, Aaron, you are up first. Um, I'll play timer today. Um, And go. I ordered Baby Yoda back in November before I was going to go see the new Star Wars or maybe December. And it was going to come in mid-May and it came and I thought it talked and it doesn't talk. The thing doesn't make noise. It's just a stuffed animal. And it said it was going to talk and I feel hopeless because I wanted a talking baby Yoda and I waited six months. Oh, that, that, that's, that feel, you feel, I feel like you've been deceived. Um, this is a tough one. Uh, I'll tell you what. Maybe we can find another robot for you or voice box that we could just shove into its like Yoda butt and then uh, it can talk when you can squeeze. We can go to Build-A-Bear. Oh. <laughs> okay, time's up. All yeah. right. Yeah, we're going to raid Build-A-Bear and get one of their talking boxes and stick it in Baby Yoda. All right, that makes... And then can, should I just do the voice like... What is it? How does he talk? Hope I, don't I think have. He talks. Hope I have. Um, hope you will be given. That is good. Mm. All right. We can just do it. <laughs> yeah. But thing is, Baby Yoda doesn't talk. All right. He just goes. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. I kind of. Yeah, sure. All right. That's better than so the next topic. So the next topic is about baseball. They are. Uh, a lot of these players are losing their jobs and getting cut without even having played a game this season because teams cannot afford to keep them. We've had over a thousand people lose their jobs. Many of them would have been cut anyway. But Aaron, how do we feel about these guys losing their jobs, people that generally a lot of them have to take second jobs anyway, that their major league careers will have will be over before they ever got started and we might miss the next Mike Trout because of something like this? The hope is... There are so many, luckily baseball's become more and more worldwide. There are so many leagues that are going to be starting up and I hope they go and get paid far more in all the other leagues from Venezuela to Asia, uh, where there's all these leagues and they can get paid more, get their just, then come back and say, look, we showed our talent. Now we deserve a spot for next year. Dude. Yes. <laughs> that. Yes. Uh, even with, 
and you and, and you beat the beat the timer. Yes, go international, see the world, see the world, make the KBO, make the CPBL, make all these like different leagues, make them make them amazing. I, and part of that I um, learned from right. Jewel in the interview because she talked a lot about where she gets you know makes her money is overseas, not the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the big money is. So that's the minor league baseball wild. players. She's a pro here. But the minor league baseball players can replicate some of that. Awesome. Excellent. All right. And our last Hope in 60 Seconds topic. Let me start the timer. It is your turn, Aaron. Rohit, things are so fucked everywhere. We've tried to bring hope, but things are really fucked everywhere. In your 50 seconds, just give me something hopeful. Okay. Here's what I'm hopeful about. Um, one, uh, there we have our sponsor alive and kicking they're getting a free shout out but uh their product definitely helps us through oh, this yeah. time um uh available with ganja runner um another uh bit of hope is that honestly man we have each other we do. and we have our friends that even though you know we're not seeing each other in person man it's like it's it's like just to be able to sit here and talk to you about this and hopefully have people listening that maybe feel like they have someone to, to kind of speak with too, even though they're not directly in our conversation. That that gets me hopeful. I mean, nothing good happens without talking it through. Um, no change happens without that. So I'm grateful for you. That gives me hope. And all, re- all reciprocating that gave me hope. I'm grateful for you and I'm grateful for, you know, our friend group and all the friends and people, the good people out there. So I feel hope. That's what it is. It's, all, it's the people that we love that matter most. Yes, sir. And, uh, all right, and our yeah, our user submission. Yeah, so um, here, do you want to read it, and I'll I'll give a little spiel. Sure. So this one comes in from Benjamin from New York, and Benjamin asks, "Who else is part of the Logic Party? Do you think it can grow?" So to Benjamin, the answer is yes, absolutely. We had an amazing thing this week that uh, someone sent me. They got their their mail-in ballot to fill out their party. And instead of putting Democrat or Republican, I put it up, I think uh, I think it's on our, our uh, at the Logic Party socials. Uh, instead of putting Democrat or Republican, they put Logic Party. They wrote us in. They wrote in the Logic Party. So the Logic serious? Party can, gr- yes, that happened. Huh. Uh, and it can happen more because you can write it in and then still vote logically for whoever you think is the logical person to vote for. Or the logical topic or the logical issue. So yes, the logic party is growing. We're getting more and more. I think we're up to on Facebook, like four or 500 followers. So it's going to keep growing, keep spreading the word Benjamin, because we're all about, it's not Democrat. It's not Republican. It's logic. And we need logic right now more than ever. Maybe we so, should make some merch to spread the word. We should, we have a, our logo is this really cool, yellow and blue wolf. So I wonder why you picked that animal, Aaron Wolf. I'll be honest. uh, The animal, a little side note. I didn't pick it. I just said we need an animal that's not a donkey or an elephant, right? It's a different animal and it should have the colors not be one color or the other color. And the person who designed the logo uh, came up with, he decided a wolf. So I actually didn't do that. Uh, I wish I could take credit for it. It is the, it is a great, it is the kind of the right animal, but I didn't even pick it. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. 
Well, yeah. Well, let, let's let's get let's get the word further out, man. Um, and Benjamin, yeah, logic, thank you. logic, and love, logic and love. That's what we need. So, I hope uh, you know we skipped a few of our things we normally do this this week. I hope we bring we've brought some thought provoking things to people and a few laughs. And uh, this isn't going to stop; it's going to continue. But as Rohit said, let's let's band together with our brothers and sisters and the people we love. And let's keep fighting for what's right. And we're not going to shut up. We're not going to stop until there is change. Yeah. And Black Lives Matter, we're with you. We are with you 110%. All right, Aaron, I'll talk to you next week. I will talk to you next week, Rohit. And all love to everyone out there. And let's be peaceful as much as we can as we continue the fight for what's right. Always fight. All right. Later, buddy. Later. I'll never make that money back. Oh.